Welcome to episode 99. 99! <laughs> so cool. Have you battled with your weight or your body? You've tried everything, done all the diets, everything the doctor said, all the nutritionist, all the dietitian, whatever the latest fad was, and you just couldn't look like that woman on Instagram or that guy at the gym. If you've done all of the things and still really not sure where to go, then this episode is for you because on today's show, we discuss the mindset and inner child work that needs to be acknowledged and nurtured in order to achieve sustainable health. Oh, and that goes for you too, fellas. We're getting deep on this one. Plus, towards the end, we've got some cheeky treats or some mood food for you as well. (laughs) All right, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Here we are back on the show. Glad to have you here, of course. As you may or may not know, it's my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly deserve before December 2020. And I'm happy to say we are on the way to that goal. Plans were let's say, mildly interrupted by the global catastrophe of mind viruses getting around the media. (laughs) However, we are still going strong. So remember, if you want to become one of those people that myself and my team helped to build a sustainably healthy life, then head down to the show notes and request access to our closed Facebook group and be sure to answer the entry questions so that we can be sure you're in the right place and that you're not a spam bot. (laughs) And speaking of sustainable health, we have someone on the show today that has epic results in sustaining her body fat reduction success. And random side note, I am trying to get on board with saying fat reduction ever since a very successful client of mine whom for the first time in a very long time got herself to a place with her body where she felt happy and comfortable and she hadn't experienced that in many, many years. But she used the term in her testimonial, fat reduction, because she said fat loss implied that she might be looking for that fat again one day and it wasn't a loss to her at all. (laughs) So, interesting reframe there. You can have that one for free. (laughs) Anyhow, today's guest has had her story featured in some seriously major publications on Good Morning America, Inside Edition, People Magazine, E! News, and a bunch of others because she successfully lost 151 pounds, which is about 70 kilograms, 70 kgs, which is huge achievement. It's It's amazing. It's so impressive. And I think for the podcast, we should insert a thunderous applause right here because that is epic. But there is an interesting twist. The thing that kicked her into action was the birth of her child, of which she had no clue she was pregnant until her water broke at uni one day or at college one day. I know, right? That's a seriously powerful motivator. Now she is a certified personal trainer and fellow nutritional therapist and has been transforming lives for over 10 years and is on a mission to empower millions to live and love their lives through healthy living, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And this amazing woman's name is Liz Ronick. Welcome to the show, Liz. How are you doing? Yay, I'm good. Thank you for that awesome introduction. How are you? I am feeling good. As we we're just talking about, I just did a bit of a workout, so I'm pumped up. <laughs> yes, we are living the dream. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so your story is such an interesting story, um, but I'd love to know before your child was born, what was life like growing up? 
Um, it was pretty miserable and it wasn't any fault of anybody. Like my parents were awesome. Um, they did everything they could to help. Um, but it's more of like an internal battle because my parents were not overweight. My brother was not overweight. I was active. I, I swam competitively since the age of five. So we were doing two a days. I'm sitting here in a swimsuit at the age of eight and just like, bubbling over and everybody else is super skinny. I'm like, why in the world do I not fit in? So it was just like an internal battle. And then I would get so sad. And the only thing that comforted me was food. So that was like my therapist because my parents, they took me to therapy. They took me to personal trainers. They took me to nutritionists. They took me, um, they tried everything. So I had the education. It was, um, it was that internal battle that I didn't, that I didn't have anybody helping me with. It was more of like, okay, well, this is what you're supposed to eat. This is how you're supposed to act. This is the actions and the movements you're supposed to be doing. But there was something deeper, which is why it is so, so imperative for me to make sure I get this out, get the story out is because we have all the, um, the tools and stuff. It's easily accessible for fitness to find a workout, to find a meal plan. But unless we have that mindset shift, there's no reason in us doing it because it won't be a permanent change. And for me, like at the age of eight, I was going to Weight Watchers. Um, and then I continued up and down until I was, a junior in college and I was close to 300 pounds. And that's when I went into labor and um, had to make a decision because I was in an abusive relationship and I didn't want my child to go through the emotional turmoil that I had been through. And um, I also didn't want her to have that, that mindset, that low self-esteem, low confidence. Yeah, wow. And so was did you did you find that all of the uh practitioners and professionals you saw growing up just had a particular way of doing things that they were taught at university that just didn't work for you? Um I think that what they knew was applicable, but I don't think that it was all that I needed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I could if I I could apply the nutrition and it would be helpful. I would see a change. But after the change, because I didn't have that light, that mindset shift, it went back. I would revert. But so to have a deeper why as to the reason why, I, why I'm taking care of my body, why I am putting these certain foods in my body, why I'm moving it, um, that's what made it a permanent change. Like the knowledge was amazing. And it helped me even, but it still helps me working with my clients because I know so much because I've been studying this quote unquote since I was eight. Wow. And I find that's um, a really interesting thing about, I guess, conventional medicine, conventional nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't really have that mindset or psychological component. And it's arguably, you know, 70 to 80% of the equation for most people. Without a doubt, it is. And it's and another thing is is that sometimes, especially at a young age, if you're talking to an adult, this was one of my challenges as well. When you're talking to an adult, you already feel different. So you're the child, they're the adult. But in addition to that, when you're the one that's overweight and they are telling you what to do, but they've never been in your shoes, it's like these two things that are battling and they're just like, you don't feel understood. And when you don't feel understood, it's like, 
for me personally, I was pushing back more because I was like, you're just telling me these things, but you have no idea what I feel like. It's like just reciting, you know, a script that was previously learned. It's like, oh, this script should fit most problems. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like those cookie cutter diets. You, you just, you can't like not, nobody's body is the same. And even like when I'm prepping for competitions, all my preps are different. I still have the same body, but my competition prep still has to change because my bodies always, our bodies are always changing. I'm really curious to learn as a parent now, how has this changed the way that you work with your kids? Okay, so <laughs> I piss my my fifteen year old off a lot. I probably <laughs> I think that's piss normal. my oldest <laughs> off as well. And and the thing, well, yeah, and they're like, "Why do I have to eat good foods?" And I'm like, "Well, don't you want to be like at your max on?" Um, like, cause both of them play sports, both of them, one of them plays, both of them play soccer, one runs track. And I'm like, you can't get mad when you're not performing at your best, when you haven't put in a hundred percent on the field and you haven't put it in a hundred percent into your body. And so they're like, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it, but I don't like it. But on the same token, they know they know what's going to feed them and what's going to help them grow. So they're they're at a different perspective that um, they know it. But sometimes they just want to go. You you know when your parents tell you something, <laughs> why would you want to listen? Yeah, I think it just sounds like they're at that age where mom is like if, the face of authority, and we're in rebellion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and what's crazy is that they're 10 years apart and they're still in that thing. Like my, my five-year-old will wake up and be like, ma, can I have sweets for breakfast? And I'm like, you know, you can't like, you have, she'd be like, <laughs> okay, fine. This is what I'm going to eat healthy first. And then I'm going to go eat some ice cream. And I'm like, oh, bargaining. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you are five. How are you already here? I don't want to know what's going to happen when you get to the age of your sister. Cause she's 15 and she is on a whole nother level of bargaining, but that's okay. <laughs> I think as well, my, oh, sorry. I think my other question is going to be, mindset of children like how do you work because i think the truth is that everybody listening is probably suffering the consequences from when they were children so like you know the behaviors we're stuck in the the toxic patterns that we're stuck in is really even though we're all grown-ups and we go to work and act professional all day you know we've got this wounded many people have this wounded child inside of them so i think a lot of the stuff that you're you know talking about is relevant to all the adults listening because we've all got that child inside of us but how do we nurture the right mindset with children or the child inside ourselves? i think it's so crazy that you just asked me this question can i Why? i mean because I'm, I'm about to like spew a bunch of stuff good so <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard of inner, inner child work yes <laughs> Okay, so I used to think it was woo-woo crazy. This is some crazy stuff. I don't want to do it. Like, I pushed it back forever. But I know, I know deep down inside of me that, like, I have some injured baby, injured child information in here, and I need to handle it. So finally, I got into, I got into a course, and um, I was, we're working right now on our adult. So we have our inner child. Mm -hmm. that most of us live and make decisions from without even knowing. 
Like that's just our reaction. Yep. And then we have this adult because the child doesn't know that they have the adult available to take care of them. Like, I don't know if I'm going real far off from where you want to talk about. I'm very familiar with this stuff. I've done a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of mindset and psychology work myself. And, and, and the holistic psychologist on Instagram has like millions of followers and she's really big on inner child work. Yes, it is. Okay. So I I was doing my module for, um, that just came out because they're coming, like they're spreading them out, whatever. One of the things that it says about the adult is your adult never overeats. And I was like, holy crap. Because I used to, I'm a former binge eater. Like binge eating disorder, it is real. I am, I am recovering from that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Because our inner child makes decisions based on emotions. And um, we're just judgment, self-pity, sadness, emotional reactions. Like that is that inner child. And that's how we, a lot of us live our life. And when you get to separate the two, holy crap. Like I'm, I'm still learning. Yes. But it, okay. I'm going to read my list. Like I legit just pulled out my notes because they're right here. It's a quick list, but this isn't, this like slapped me in the face yesterday. So your, your adult never overeats. They never shame you or judge you. They never um, feel left out or envious. They're never scared. They never lack faith. And they never stop because of fear or because they are afraid of success. And that... Be the adult. Yes. And to be able to distinguish the two, no matter what you're doing, whether you're at work, whether you're deciding what you're going to eat, whether you're deciding how to react to that 15-year-old that just like needs to get slapped and you're like, okay, maybe slapping her is not going to be the most beneficial thing. Like yeah. all of that, it, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah, I remember through my own uh, uh, therapy, seeing psychologists, I learned about transactional analysis, which is a, a psychological or a psychoanalytical theory that we have three states. We have child, adult, and parent, mm. um, and that all relationships and all communication with self and everybody, we cycle through these three states and, and, we, we're, and different things trigger different states and different relationships form in like, like codependencies, a relationship where your partner's more of a parent and you're more of the child. And yes. it's, it's so interesting. But we all have that child in us. It's just how we learn to, I guess, nurture and tame and uh, understand the pain that that child once felt in order to be able to negotiate with it and move it or or mature it into the adult. Absolutely. And I think to kind of circle back, because I got a little distracted, back to what what we were talking about. It is um, like with me when I was younger, it was like there was something wrong with me because I wasn't fitting. I wasn't at a certain number on the scale. I didn't look like everybody else. So for me with my daughters, it's imperative for me to let them know that there's nothing wrong with them. Like as long as we are taking care of our bodies, as long as we are grateful for our bodies, as long as we are moving our bodies and feeding it nutrients that it needs, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as we are healthy. Like we are, are, nobody's body is ever going to look the same. And so to compare you, and it's really, really hard with social media right now to compare yourself with somebody else and say, well, they, they have, but 
I caught my, oh my gosh, I caught my 15 year old a few years ago saying, oh my gosh, she has abs. I want abs. I'm like, hold up. Like, first of all, she's about five years older than you. Second of all, she's on a whole, like she's on a whole nother training regimen for a whole different sport. Your body looks different depending on what sport you play. Absolutely. But nobody knows that, like, especially at a young age, you don't realize that you just like, well, she looks like that and I want to look like that. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally relate to that because I too was a swimmer, um, you know, to the point where I was swimming 10 to 12 times a week for many, many years. And for whatever reason, I just, I I never had abs. And a lot of the girls in the team, actually, some of those girls will probably listen to this episode, but um, literally would be like, (laughs) (laughs) but they would be like, I've got abs. You don't have abs. Like, why not? Um, And then that was just this little thing, even though I was always confident and, you know, loud and push that aside. There's always this little thing in me that's like the child in the back of my mind. that's like, you still need abs. You still need abs. And I'm I'm definitely fit. I'm definitely healthy. You know, I know that as the adult that, um, that that validation as a child yeah exactly just crazy it is so crazy so i'm curious to know like what was the thing that changed like in your mind like obviously being pregnant was a big thing but in your mind what was the 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 flip the the switch that flipped for you to be like right things are going to be different from this point on because i experience with lots of clients that the mindset barrier that they have is that they can't imagine themselves being somebody different Mm -hmm. and so they they sort of they're addicted to themselves for want of a better better description and so the idea of transforming to be someone they can't imagine being is their biggest hurdle so i'm wondering for you what was the thing that got you over that hurdle in your mind Okay. So initially, and I tell my clients this all the time, I did it backwards. Like I did it the hard way. So what got me over the hurdle initially, what jump start me, jump started me was the fact that I didn't want my daughter to have the same 
um, challenges that I had, like growing up being bullied and all that stuff. So I knew that I had to be a role model for her. So that was my initial why, but that wasn't a good why. Like it worked, it served its purpose. But when, when we're talking about like a real why, like why do you want to do this? And it has to be for you. Initially it can be for somebody else, but it's, that's not going to last. So figure once I got past the, um, started losing weight and um, realizing that there it has to be something deeper because it got to the point where she was okay. I knew she would be okay. I could educate her. I had to realize that if I didn't, like when I would binge eat, if, if I did that, I felt miserable for at least two or three days. And I, I wasn't serving, I wasn't serving as a good mother and I wasn't serving at, I mean, I wasn't serving my purpose in the world because I had just like butchered my body. So to acknowledge the fact that my body, like our bodies are the only way that we're going to be able to come out here and do stuff. If we don't take care of our body, then we're SOL. Like you're, you're done. You're done. You only get one. <laughs> so that my yeah. why was, was digging deep into, okay, I have something bigger that I want to bring to the world. And without me taking care of my body, I can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's a good motivator, I, I think. Uh, um, for people, do, do you think people that need, need to find that deeper purpose to their life in order to to incentivize them let's say or to motivate them to transform without a doubt now that doesn't have to be initially like like i said whatever it takes to start just start like it's ne- there's never going to be perfect time as long as you have a starting point but as you're going through your journey i would challenge you to continue to ask why and to continue to listen to your body and figure out where your purpose is and why you feel like you need to be taking care of your body. Cause there's always going to be a good reason. That doesn't mean that's going to be your initial reason, but dig deep and, and figure out that deep reason as to why you're going to keep going. Cause I promise you as much as it sucks to hear, there's going to be days that are challenging and there's going to be days where you don't want to push through. And if your reason is just because I want to look good in a swimsuit, that's super, super high level shallow. And I mean, that's, I mean, it's awesome to look good in a swimsuit, but it's not going to push you through the challenging times. You'd be like, forget it. I'll wear a t-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, a skin deep metric or a vanity metric never really lasts very long. Absolutely. Absolutely. On the physical side of things with food, so you said that it was mainly a mindset challenge that you had or, you know, a wounded child uh, complexity. But did you find that there was any sort of food regimes or nutrition regimes that did work more effectively once you were sort of educating yourself or seeking this information out yourself as an adult? Absolutely. Balance including everything and and balancing it. And that's what I tell my clients. Like some people think that they just have to cut out all of everything that they love. And I'm like, dude, why would you do that? (laughs) I love food. (laughs) Why would you cut out anything that you love? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And, and if you feel like you have to do that, you're not going to stick to it. Like if you told me that I could never have chocolate again, 
Bye. I'm not sticking <laughs> with like we're done. I don't even have to la- I don't even have to try for one day. I already know that it's not gonna last, so I'm not gonna waste your or my time. So what I like with my clients, we have a three bite rule. So let's say, or maybe a three drink, it depends on what you're doing, right? So if you're going out to a party and everybody's out there partying and you wanna have you wanna have a drink, then have a drink. Have a drink. Don't go crazy and get like the whole bottle. Have a drink. If they're having birthday cake, three bites. Because here's the deal. The first bite is good. The second bite is even better. And the third bite is as good as it gets. So after the third bite, if you're actually slowing down and tasting your food, you're not going to get any more of that taste on your taste buds. Like the third bite is a wrap. If you go to four, it's going to taste as good as the third one. And then and then you might be like, okay, well, then you and then you beat yourself up emotionally. Oh my gosh, I had a whole piece of cake. And then you're like, I'm going to eat the whole cake because I just screwed up my whole plan. No, don't do it. Have whatever you want. Just do it in moderation. I uh, am probably going to steal that tactic with my own clients. <laughs> I think it's it great. It is a game changer to not feel like you're deprived. I'm a big advocate for um, removing restriction and deprivation from the health transformation process because I think anything that puts you at a, an energetic balance, imbalance, an energetic imbalance of, of less than, of, of literal hormones that aren't satisfied from a particular action, it, it's, it's set up for failure. So I'm definitely against anything that puts you in a deprivation state. Absolutely. I mean, there's no, why would you want to live like that? Like you, we're making lifestyle changes. You don't want to live your life feeling deprived. Oh, absolutely. And most people can do the best they can do most of the time. And then there's this tiny portion of people, like literally a tiny, tiny portion of people, which probably like psychologically classifies psychopaths, you know, like because they're not normal. And it's such a tiny number of people that fit into the perfect all the time. And the truth is the perfect all the time that we might see on social media or in the news or whatever, you know, their life falls apart in another way somewhere else. Without a doubt. But they won't post it on social. So don't expect to ever see it, ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you say balance and moderation, like those words are very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and they're words that often like, you know, doctors will say, yeah, just, you know, eat in moderation. And it's like, what's moderation? Is it once a day? Is it once a week? Is it once a month? Yeah. And so how do you navigate uh, understanding those words? Because the other thing too is obviously people that have sugar addictions, food addictions, which is very, very common um, in the Western world, most of the world now, is that it's kind of like intuitive eating. I feel very... Um, opposed to intuitive eating because when you're dealing with somebody that's 10, 20, 30, 40 kilos overweight, their gut is so programmed for, um, you know, and the candida overgrowth and whatnot is so programmed for the craving of sugar sugar that if they think intuitively, what do I feel like? It's almost definitely going to be pizza. Absolutely, or sugar. Yeah, so I'm curious what how you navigate sort of with clients the balance and moderation and how to sort of check in with the body to ensure that that's actually what we want right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's also, it's important to think about clients as individuals. So um, if it's somebody that's had this, had this sugar addiction, which I, I am one of those people, um, it, it takes a detox from sugar 
to be like, if you are on a mission to be an intuitive eater, quote unquote, you have to get that out of your system first. That's like telling an alcoholic to be an intuitive drinker. Like (laughs) how much are you really supposed to drink right now? Because you just had like so much yesterday. So at least seven to 14 days without sugar and to cleanse your system. Sugar is legitimately as addictive as crack. So it is a real drug and it's legal and it's very easily accessible. So to take that time and you will go through withdrawals, you will just like a drug, but to take that time and and clear out your system from the sugar, you'll find that you won't want it as much afterwards. So once you get that detox, once you complete that detox, then maybe if intuitive eating is your goal, you you look into that, but not until then. Like so at least having a week of clean eating If you want to engage in this idea of intuitive eating, I would at least go a week. Um, But when I say balance, I mean, you know, we have these, the diets that are like all fats, all carbs, no carbs, no sugars. And it's not like we have the food pyramid. Granted, the, the serving size might not be ideal for your body, but they're all food groups that we need minus the sugar. We need to have the we need to have the healthy carbs, we need to have the proteins, we need to have the vegetables, the fruits, and the healthy fats. And to be able to include all those in your nutrition in a balanced way that what serves your body is where that's where I think balance because it's so we're so overwhelmed with these diets that are like, pull all of this out. Don't eat any carbs and you're gonna lose weight. Okay, but what's gonna happen when I do eat a carb? Like I'm gonna swell up. And I'm going to feel like crap. And I'm going to feel like a failure. Why would you do that to yourself? Absolutely. So having all of those, so having all of those food groups. And then, like I said, for moderation, um, I do the three by rule. And then, and, and ideally, at least Monday through Thursday, sticking to a pretty clean diet. Now, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a little bit more relaxed, but that doesn't mean you go crazy. It means sticking to maybe different than what you normally eat during the week, but still those high quality macros. And then if you want to have your drink, if you want to have your dessert, then do it, but don't feel bad about it and don't go overboard. Yeah, I find it. um, It's challenging as a, as a practitioner and also sort of someone that uh, goes into this themselves. And I I like what you said uh, regarding, you know, treating everyone as individuals because the truth is as much as we intend to make this process not about um, deprivation and restriction – of course, there are some people that need a therapeutic response to their scenario. And, and I guess it's just a perspective thing and it's not looking at the what I can't have. It's, look, it's look, sort of taking the perspective of I'm doing this to build myself up to make my life better. Because, yeah, some people really do need a therapeutic response. You know, if you've got a disease, if you are severely overweight and you've got some really, really challenging things that are presenting. And so, I guess, yeah, it's, it's this interesting concept of um, treating everybody as an individual, but also knowing how to navigate your own personality in the context of challenge. Absolutely. So like some of my clients are like, oh my gosh, if I have it in the house, I'm going to eat it. Okay. Don't put it in the house. 
That's me. And, and it's, <laughs> it, right, right. Okay, and if it's in front of me, I got to eat it all now, so don't eat it later. Okay, don't bring it in the house. And it's really, it's a challenge for a lot of people, especially when they have like partners or they have kids that want to eat crap. You're going to have to train them. You're going to have to train them. And it's not being mean to them. Like you're looking out for them in their body. Y'all go get your treat outside of the house. Like if you want to go get ice cream, if you want to go get a dessert, if that is your, it is that, if that's your trigger, then make sure it's not in the house. Go out, get one serving and go. I think that would be a good strategy too, because a lot of people uh, have this sort of opportunistic binging that they do in private mm-hmm. um, and that they're, they're like, oh, nobody saw it. It's all, it's all right. I, I totally got away with that. And so I think doing it in public might be actually a good way to regulate some kind of healthy relationship with those, those types of foods. Just as long as you don't come home afterwards and do it, because I used to do that. Like I used to be like, okay, we're going to go get pizza and ice cream. We're going to do it out. And then I'm like, on the way home, let's stop and get some cookies. I I mean, I confess, I did. I used to do it all the time. But when I couldn't move like that night and then the very next two days, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel ginormous and I don't feel good. Yeah. I had to stop. Well, yeah. And, and I've definitely been there myself as well from time to time when come back to the inner child stuff when, you know, I'm feeling extremely triggered or vulnerable or, you know, or hurt for whatever reason, for stuff that didn't even happen in this decade, you know? Right. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've definitely been victim to that. But what are your go-to health foods? I'm really curious. Okay. <laughs> so, yum. I've, I've been telling you I like sugar. Um, so... <laughs> I actually, I'm laughing because I just ate one like right before I jumped <laughs> on this call. Okay, so there's, have you heard of Lily's Chocolate? Do you guys have that there? No, I don't think so. Lily's Chocolate? Okay, so it I'm is. Googling um, it. Yeah, Google it. It is, and I'm sure there's other brands, but this is just the brand that I use. Okay, so it's Stevia Sweetened Chocolate. <clears throat> and what I do is. Cause I love Reese's. I will get the little, I'll get the chocolate chips. I'll melt it with coconut oil and I'll get the little, um, the little plastic, um, muffin cups and well, not plastic, but they're, you know, the flexible thing, things, um, and I'll melt it. I'll put it in the bottom. So I, I make my whole layer of chocolate on the bottom of the, the muffin tins. And then I make, um, do you guys have PB like powdered peanut butter? No, I've never heard of that. No way. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Never. Never. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's powdered peanut butter that is like half the fat. And you can add, I add um, stevia and almond milk, and I make it the consistency of peanut butter. I layer that on top of the chocolate, and then I put another layer of the chocolate in there, and then I put it in the refrigerator, let it get hard, and then I have my Reese's Cups. So that's one of them. And then the other one is... um, Halo Top ice cream or uh, night food ice cream. It's like the whole, the little um, pint, the whole pint is like 300 calories. So I can have my Reese's and my pint of ice cream and it only be like 350 calories for a whole meal. And I don't feel bad. And I don't feel, what's more important is that I don't feel like crap afterwards because the sugar, the sugar is like, it will tear you up. Absolutely. Those are my healthy foods. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and so um, I'm wondering where everybody can find you online. 
Absolutely. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Liz Ronick. It's L-I-Z-H-R-O-N-E-K. Or my website is LizRonick.com. And I'm also, well, everywhere I'm at Liz Ronick. So hit me <laughs> up if you have, I mean, we can chat it up. We can, you know, do whatever. But yeah, I'm on all social media platforms and then the website. Wonderful. And I've loved having you on here today. And I'm lo- I love that our conversation went down the the sort of mindset path and inner child work. I think that's awesome. And so to leave everybody, what is one piece of health information or tip or trick or anything like that that you wish more people knew about? I think the number one thing is to not wait for a perfect time and just start. Like you don't have to know the perfect plan right now. You just have to start. Once you start, it will keep developing and it will be okay. And you will have good days. You will have bad days, but do not ever, ever, ever beat yourself up. Just start, start over. You have a new day every day. Start over and do your best each day. And each day is going to, each day your perfect is going to look different. I think that's superb advice. Thanks so much, Liz. I've loved having you here. I I think you've got an amazing energy and I'm really excited to share this episode with everyone. Yay, thank you for the opportunity. You're awesome. Awesome. All right, we'll catch you soon. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.